This is Brandon Park and Marissa Davis. And we are here with Neurodiversity University to talk all things about the brain and how to help people understand themselves. I'm super stoked to be here. Uh, Brandon, tell me, who are you? What do you do and why are you here? I am a neuropsychologist and a behavior specialist. And it was important for me to understand um, how my own brain worked and how other people's brains worked. And so as I got looking around at this world, I started seeing a lot of things where I was wondering how we could help people to get into a better place. And then um, my children gave me a uh, poster of a unicorn on a therapy couch with a therapist telling (laughs) the unicorn you need to believe in yourself. And I realized that I had a lot of great ideas and I needed to believe in myself and create something. So So, with that being said, what did you create? Um, New Focus Academy. And the whole purpose behind, behind this facility and this is, a, just so you guys know, this is a little bit of self-promotion for this first episode. Um, but the whole purpose of this series is to help people understand the brain and understand, you know, how we can all, as, a, as different people, help other people. But this will be a little bit about me and where I come from, so this will be a little bit self-promoting. Um, in subsequent issues, we'll interview some cool people around the world and, and have some other things. But about me. Um, I really wanted to work with adolescents, um, and I kept running across parents where they were seeing their child. And once adolescence hits, we start getting to the point where we're not worried about our children surviving as much as them preparing for adulthood and being able to thrive. And I kept running into parents that were desperately afraid of what's going to happen to my child when they reach adulthood and because of that I kept thinking about it and and a lot of the students I was working with and doing assessments on were on the autism spectrum or had autistic like struggles and so I really started looking at all the different research and the different ideas about what's happening with their brain what we're understanding about their brain and what we need to do to help them actually thrive in life Um, I guess one of the things that's really important to me is that we created, first of all, we started with a home-like environment because I do want these kids to feel like they've got a home base and find ways to start limiting their sensory overload and their overwhelm and then start helping them to learn to gain independence. It's just cool because, I mean, so New Focus Academy opened December of last year Mm -hmm. and we have lots of students already and Mm -hmm. we're seeing huge changes with them i mean it's been so cool to be a part of this process and to see it actually come into fruition how does that feel it feels really good um seeing um we'll call him joe um (laughs) who's very tall skinny dude you know i'm talking about with a single mom yep and seeing her get teary-eyed because mm-hmm. she never thought her son would be wearing pants and trying yeah. foods and and like actually being able to go out on 
weekend with him and have him have conversations mm-hmm. and and listen to her and and work well in the community, not be worried about him having a freakout session, was phenomenal. Um, yeah, I. No, Joe. Joe is, you know, he's has a very special place in my heart now. And I've had several moments with him where I've seen compassion. And I've actually seen him, like, almost reassure... Just a sweetness out of him. It was so funny. Even today, like... So, the the other boys, they like to make fun of me for being a Seahawks fan. And he came up I to... I thought you were a BYU fan. Well, I'm not a BYU fan. <laughs> Nothing against BYU, by any means. I just, you know... I like the University of Utah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I love the Seahawks. Anyways, so Joe came up to me today and he, he stops me and he's like, well, Marissa, if it makes you feel any better about yourself, I actually think the Seahawks are cool. And like walks away and I was like, oh my goodness, bless your heart. <laughs> like it was just a cute moment because everyone else is bandwagoning and like making fun of me. And he like went out of his way to just like try to boost me up. And it was a very special moment that it meant a lot. So you're doing something amazing. And that actually brings up a really good point because I do want this also to be educational. Um, A lot of people kind of use empathy and compassion as, you know, exact synonyms and they're not. Kids that are on the autism spectrum or have this similar stuff, a lot of them are full of compassion. But because they're not good at understanding other people's perspective and points of view, when they will express their compassion, it can be kind of like their patting you on the head or, you know, and, and it can, you know, feel like they're, um, you know, trying to, to talk down to you, talk down to you yeah. almost. Okay. Yeah. They come across a lot of times as if they're talking down to you. I was hmm. looking for a certain word. I can think of it, but in, in doing that, it always ends up biting them in the butt. And so they, and sometimes right. they stop expressing compassion because when they try to express it, they come across the wrong way and people don't like it. And so they stop expressing it. Hmm. Um, kids on the spectrum really are compassionate. They can see someone's hurting and can feel bad for them. They're just not good at that emotive, you know, perspective taking where they can see what it's like. Oh, Marissa must feel like this, mm-hmm. but they can see, Oh, Marissa looks sad. I wonder <laughs> what made her sad. Or maybe, Oh, I can obviously tell Marissa's sad because of this, but to be able to understand what it must feel like to be you and then sit in your kind of mm. place in your shoes helps you to then know how to respond to someone and that can be true whether we're talking about something sad or something happy or whatever they they'll try to express this emotion of like parallel you know seeing someone's happy or sad or whatever and express an emotion because they're not empathetically aware in that intuitive emotive empathy they say the wrong thing and then Mm -hmm. it gets thrown back at them so they stop expressing that which is so sad it is poor kiddos yeah but one of the things that's fun is helping them learn how to express yeah. better. Well, and just celebrating who they are and let you know, letting them be who they are and express themselves, I think, is, is pretty awesome, too. I wish you get them all T-Rex and their <laughs> costumes. <laughs> you don't know this about me, but I'm obsessed with T-Rexes. And so I do have several inflatable T-Rex costumes. And they may or may not have made appearances here at New Focus Academy. <laughs> so if we had... New focus T-Rex line dancing. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Let's do it. Teach them all how to kick in sequence. <laughs> to the boot scooting boogie. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Um, I think one of the things that um, 
is really helpful in one of the, in what we do. And, and, and again, while this is a little bit self-promotion, this is something I hope other people can learn from. We give regular, persistent, and constant feedback to these kids. Um, this is something that actually comes from my business partner, John Webb. Um, he developed these coaching notes that he'd kind of learned from some other places. And about every 90 minutes, we sit down with the students and talk to them about how they did over those last 90 minutes. Um, it's normally broken up by sessions like therapy group, classes, and things like that. But we sit there and talk to them about how they did and what went well and get them to problem solve what they did well, what they could do better. And because every 90 minutes they're getting constant, regular, persistent feedback, then it helps them to learn. One of the things that these kids struggle with is they struggle with learning and generalizing to new situations mm -hmm. because they're constantly asked what they did well and how they can do better, do mm -hmm. better in the future. That's one of the things that's actually very pragmatically helping them to understand themselves and understand how to change and create their behavior. One of so. the other things that I think is really cool about that process that we do with them is it also is allowing them to kind of self-advocate for themselves as well. So they sit down mm -hmm. and they can talk with the, those people about kind of like what happened and what like the, their coach saw during those 90 minutes. But then they can also say, no, that's not how it actually went or this is how I felt. And they can mm -hmm. actually kind of like stand up for themselves and kind of, you know, stand up for why they think they did something really well or, or whatnot. And so I think it's teaching them to, to learn how to stand up for themselves and voice, you know, their own opinion and, and kind of, yeah, self-advocacy. And diffuse some of the built-up emotions that mm -hmm. they have. Oh, absolutely. So a lot of times we'll see these kids, and when we're talking to the parents, social anxiety will wrap them up during the school day most of the time, not all the time. And then they'll go to, you know, that'll they'll go home and... When they're around people they have no anxiety with, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden all their pent-up emotion comes yeah. vomiting out. So parents will hear reports that their child was a, a nice, sweet kid at school, and then they come home and they're tyrannical towards them because they've been holding in all their emotions, and then they vomit them all out when they That's get their home. their safe space at home, So yeah. not, only, not only are they self-advocating, they're also yeah. letting off some of their emotional steam by having those those interactions every 90 minutes. I love that. I, yeah, that's amazing. Um, another thing that is really important to us is helping these kids take the skills that they're learning and use them in the community. So making sure that we don't teach a kid a skill in a classroom, you know, once a week, um, every week in just a classroom, they'll never actually generalize that skill outside of where you're teaching them. So we use the term fluency a lot, and one of these weeks we'll talk about social-emotional fluency, which is a new modality. But fluency is kind of actually an important skill when we're talking about anything. So we believe that we need to teach these kids from concept-driven learning how to understand a concept of what they're doing, teach them a skill, and then have them practice it throughout the day and out in the community. So getting these kids out in the community, practicing the skills they've learned, and giving them feedback on how they did is really, really important. Um, if we're not helping these kids to get out into the community and become more fluent at the skills we're teaching them, they're not getting anywhere. And I've seen way too many kids that have spent a year in treatment or two years in treatment. Mm -hmm. In fact, we can think of a couple mm -hmm. that we're working with currently yeah. who already spent two years in treatment. Mm -hmm. And they go back home and it's like nothing changed. It's because repetition is the answer, right? No. <laughs> All right. Another thing. If you're working with autism, 
repetition is not the answer, especially rote repetition. Yeah. So exact repetition again and again doesn't teach these kids anything. Um, There's a kid that I was working with once. We'll call him Bob. And, uh, Bob had been taught how to greet somebody. And he had been taught exactly how to do it the exact same way every single time. And so when Bob went and saw a girl that he thought was really cute... He walked right up to her, stuck his hand out really forcefully and said, my name is Bob Schmidlap. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> Funny name. Okay, I'm just making up a name. But it's really nice to meet you. And, you know, it was so forceful and so direct. It was obviously, especially for someone you find intense. attractive, <laughs> it was totally the worst thing ever. Yeah. And then when it failed and the girl walked away and got away as soon as she could, then he felt stupid and defeated. And then we had to unteach him what he'd been taught. So we have to start with concepts mm -hmm. and then have them practice different, you know, different skills that relate to that concept in different, different settings and, and situations. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding that you greet, you greet a police officer different than you greet a girl you think is cute or different than you greet a friend or different than you right. greet a teacher yep. is really, really important. And then so when you do this rote repetition that's really rigid... It actually is bad for people on the autism spectrum. It builds into their rigidity. So there's so more concept driven learning is concept driven start. learning, yeah. What's the big concept and what are different skills no that way. build into that concept? Here's why we're doing it. Yeah. So Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You've it heard just, me talk about this a lot. I huh? have, but it's just it's <laughs> such a good thing to express to people because I think it's a lot of people misunderstand you know, teaching someone a certain situation and you teach them the same thing over and over and over and not understanding that you're actually teaching them to be more rigid <laughs> in <Yes>. that moment, <laughs> trying to get them out of their rigidity, but you're actually teaching them another set of rigidity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happens. So I think it's important to, to express this and help people understand it. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> why, why have you liked working here? Oh, boy. I and Marissa does admissions. Yeah, I'm the admissions director here. Um, she didn't want to work with us at first, and I had to ask her multiple times, again and again. I know. I I like working here for for many different reasons, but the main reason is because I truly have seen these boys making changes. And for someone on the spectrum or with these neurodiversities to make a change is kind of a big a big deal. And I've seen them be successful. I mean, we were talking about Joe earlier who, you know, has struggled so much and came from a place where he was having to be restrained so often. And he was not ever actually understood, I think. And he's here now and he, he hasn't had that history. And, you know, family is just so excited about all the progress that he's made and just... I don't know. It's it's amazing to see these boys and to to give them another chance, to to give them a chance to be understood, to give them a chance to feel like they are not bad or different, but to give them a chance to feel like their difference is something that should be celebrated and that if we just channel it in the right way, that they could be unstoppable. Giving them that kind of a self-esteem boost, I think is incredible. I'm giving myself goosebumps because I... I I truly believe it, and I've seen it happen with these boys, and I just love them so much. And I get to wear my T-Rex costume here every once in a while, so I mean, that's awesome. And the boys make fun of me, and I love to banter with them, but I, I just love to see them be in a safe place and make changes and even stumble and, 
you know, you say all the time, you know, these, these boys go from feeling like they make mistakes to they feel like they are the mistake. And trying to help them get away from that and understand that everybody fails. Everybody makes mistakes. We, it's human nature. We're not perfect. Like we, we have bumps and bruises for a reason and we have scars for a reason and we learn from them. And teaching these boys that that's all that they need to take away from their mistakes is, is huge instead of them making it so personal. So among all of the thousands of reasons why I love working here, those are some of them. It's just incredible what you've built. Thank you so much for listening to Neurodiversity University with Dr. Brandon Park. Please like, review, and share Neurodiversity University podcasts on all your social media platforms. This podcast was brought to you by New Focus Academy.